0: You're listening to
1: PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, and welcome to Working Life Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us today. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis, and my service dog, Whistle. <coughs> And we're so thrilled that you could be with us today to talk about our favorite subject, which is working dogs and working animals. And today our guest is Wayne Tuttle and his guide dog Cosmo. And Wayne comes back to visit with us today to talk about some exciting new things he has going on this year with his websites, as well as some information about the Service Dogs for Veterans Act and some new legislation regarding service animals in Canada. So I'm sure you, our listeners, remember Wayne from visiting with us before, and we're so thrilled that he could come back and Share some more of his vast Experience and knowledge about service Dogs and working animals So please come right back After these important messages From our sponsors And we'll visit with Wayne
2: We'll be right back Right after these messages Stay tuned This
0: valuable information comes from your pet. There's nothing like a wagging tail or friendly paw to lift your mood. They're therapeutic and make us feel
2: good. Studies show pets even reduce stress, prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and fight depression. So there you have it. Pets are a
0: daily dose of good health and happiness. Pets add life. To learn more, visit petsaddlife.org.
1: I'm Deborah Wolf, and I'm inviting you to my animal party on Pet Life Radio. The dress code? Come as you are. Pajamas, a tux. You can even go naked like your pets. <laughs> Unleash your party animal at my animal party. Guests you know from Animal Planet, TV, radio, the news, and bookstores will be joining me. And that's because after I won Best Pet Radio in America from the DWAA, I got my paw on the door and I met a lot of amazing people. And the best of the best are going to be coming to the party. They're coming to party with us. So join us at the animal party. Don't miss the party.
2: Every week on demand. Only on Pet Radio.com. Let's talk pets on Pet Radio.com.
1: Welcome back to Pet Life Radio, working like dogs. And I'd like to welcome Wayne Tuttle this morning. Good morning, Wayne, and welcome.
0: Hi, Marcy. Thanks for having us back.
1: Yeah, how are you?
0: Terrific. Still uh, digging out from all the snow here, but uh, (laughs) we're managing.
1: Good, good. Well, it sounds like you've got a lot of exciting things to tell us about. So tell us, what's new with your websites?
0: Well, we've made some significant changes over the last year. We decided to move things around and change things up. We've got a whole new uh, website we've got actually two new websites uh, servicedoghouse.com and the potty uh, The potty dog house is uh, typically dedicated to uh, dogs who may have incontinence problems or uh, people with service dogs who may need uh, an indoor dog toilet uh, because they don't have mobility skills or that sort of thing. Uh, so we've got a number of uh, different items that are available in the potty doghouse, uh, ServiceDoghouse.com, uh, We've made some major changes. We're doing a lot more custom. Uh, we're doing a lot more custom orders, uh, that sort of thing. We've got uh, now 32 different uh, vests and jackets that are available. We've got 300 plus embroidered patches, and uh, we've even started uh, French and Spanish patches as well. Uh, I think one of the interesting things that we started was now you can design your own service dog vest as well as the patches because it's, it's not a cookie-cutter approach. Uh, everybody has their own special needs when it comes to working with a service dog, so we really want to try and customize things for each individual as opposed to just pulling our products off the shelf and shipping them out.
1: Wow, that's so cool. And I know that you had talked about that so many service dogs now are owner trained and the owners don't necessarily get a package of materials with their dog um, like I got when I got my dogs where I got their bowls and their jacket, their vest, their patches. And so people can get all of those products from your websites. Is that correct?
0: Exactly. We've we've seen a huge increase on owner-trained service dogs, not only in the United States, but as well as here in Canada. Uh, it's not well known as it is in the United States. We receive uh, hundreds of phone calls on a weekly basis, uh, people that are looking for research uh, information concerning how to train their own service dog, Uh, and that sort of thing, we do have information that we like to pass on to those individuals as well. But we spend a lot of time consulting with uh, individuals directly to make sure that they do have the correct uh, equipment for their specific needs.
1: So what do you tell somebody when they say they want to train their own service dog? Where do you direct them, Wayne?
0: We have a a number of resources available, not only just on our websites, but uh, through talking to different organizations, uh, private individuals and that sort of thing. Uh, we have a couple of books uh, that were written by top dog uh, that are available out there. So you know, we try our best to educate them as much as possible uh, to make sure that they don't take advantage of. Uh, sometimes they'll they'll seek out advice from a, a so-called reputable trainer, and uh, far too often we hear nightmare stories where they've been asked to give them a deposit of $800 and then a few weeks later they need uh, $1,700 and a month later $2,300 and it just keeps going and going and going. Um, it's uh, We talked about this in our, in our last chat that it, it's like buying a house or buying a car. You really have to do the research and make sure that the individual you're working with um, knows what they're doing, and they're they're reputable. Ask for
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I know I get questions about people asking me about how to train their own service dogs, and I tell them right away, I'm not a trainer. I am a service dog recipient, and I was trained in how to work with my dog. But, you know, I think it's such a huge issue for people that they want to stay in their home. They don't feel like they have the Resources, or for whatever reason, it's not a good decision for them to go work with an agency. They want to do it as an individual. And it always makes me nervous for them because I think about just like what you were saying some of the things that it's so much work goes into these animals of, you know, the training, the professional training that they get that I really worry about people who don't know anything about dogs, who don't have a dog background, and who want to do an owner-trained service dog. So I'm always interested in, in people like you, Wayne, of what where you refer people to. I'd be interested, what are the books? Do you know the titles, those top dog books that you were mentioning?
0: Off the top of my head, I think it's uh, Teamwork 1 and Teamwork 2. Uh, they not only have um, DVDs and... Uh, Actually, VHS, for those people like myself, uh, they also have some workbooks available. So you basically follow along as you progress with the training aspect of it.
1: Oh, cool. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad you, I wanted you to mention those titles because I'm always glad to hear when there are some really credible resources out there that people can get their hands on pretty easily to see if that's what they really want to do. Because it's a huge commitment when you get a service dog. It's a lifetime commitment, you know, that you're making financially and emotionally to bring this animal into your life and have it help you with your disability. It's huge.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and I think that's the the, the biggest problem that most people uh, don't think about is that how much commitment is involved. Uh, some people think that uh, going out and training their dog uh, over a weekend or a couple of months that's going to suffice. Um, there's obvious guidelines that have been put out by the um, the ADI. Uh, the Assistance Dogs International, and I always uh, ask people to certainly visit that website to gain more insight as to what it really takes, is what's the criteria, what's involved, how much time should you be spending on the training aspect, and as well, if, if there's a family involved, uh, the entire family has to do the same thing, say the same things, so the dog doesn't get confused.
1: It is a huge commitment for the entire household, and it's an ongoing commitment. I know Whistle and I are about to have to go through our next recertification because um, our agency has us do that. Every year and a half, um, we have to get recertified. I don't know what your process is, Wayne, if you have to do that. But, I mean, it, it is an ongoing commitment where we have to continue showing that we are skilled enough to have public access. And I think it's wonderful, even though sometimes Whistle and I think it's kind of a pain to have to do it again. But really, it's a good thing because it really keeps our skills sharp um, that we have to go through every command that he knows, and we have to do that in my home, and then we also have to do it in public, and they videotape us, and it goes back to the agency, and the trainers, they review it and make sure that Whistle and I are still in good enough shape that we can maintain our public access, and then they can also give me any support that we might need in case there's something that he needs a little more training on. You know, it's just an ongoing process through the life of your service dog.
0: I always say uh, you're always in training because, you, like you said, you really have to keep up to what the criteria is. To make sure that you're doing certain techniques on a regular basis because let's face it we're working with dogs and dogs are dogs they may forget um i've actually had to have cosmo go back uh twice um to get recertification because she was having a bad habit of walking me in front of cars
1: Wow, not that's not so a good. good thing. No, <laughs> not
0: so good. She she was looking at uh, going from point A to point B, but forgetting what was in between. So uh, we finally narrowed that down and, and corrected that problem. But uh, she's getting to the point where she'll be re- probably retiring this spring. So
1: well, I was wondering about that about how how old Cosmo was now and if she was getting close to retirement.
0: Yeah, she uh she'll be eight this uh spring, so um each dog is individuals. Um my first guide dog Pacer, I worked with him for ten years, uh, whereas uh Cosmo. Uh she's a little bit slower, a little bit more laid back, so
1: So will you keep her? Will she stay with you, Wayne, when she retires?
0: Oh absolutely. Uh, I can't see uh, giving her up, I know a number of people that have had, you know, three, four, five, even six service dogs over the years. They've been working, and uh, some of them retire them back to the organization. There's uh, always a waiting list for people willing to take uh, trained service dogs as a pet, uh, that sort of thing. But uh, you know yourself. You've become extremely attached over the years.
1: Oh, Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I know I cuz you know I still have Morgan who's retired. And Morgan is, you know, on the couch right now watching Good Morning America. So he's got a pretty nice retired life as Whistle and I are, are definitely working together, but Morgan is still with us and he's been with us now um retired for a few years, so we're really thrilled that we still have him. Um, but his health has certainly declined and and like you said, every dog is different. And you know, their work span, their lifespan. I always have people ask me that. How long do these dogs work? And it just really depends on the dog and their individual health and abilities.
0: Yeah, and it also really depends on, on the individual with the disability. Uh, some people may only go out uh, once a week to do the grocery shopping or to the bank or visiting and that sort of thing. You get other people who work on a regular basis or going out every single day. It puts stress on, on the dog. Um, I've seen service dogs working as long as three years, and I've seen them up as, as far as 12 years. So, it, again, it's, it's an individual thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Well, tell us a little bit more about the products that you have. So you told us the special products that are on the Potty Dog House. How did you come up with that, Wayne?
0: The Potty Dog House, uh, we decided to renovate uh, over the last uh, few months. What was happening, we are finding more and more people were purchasing uh, belly bands, doggy diapers, Um, and that sort of thing. So we thought, well, why don't we redesign it, um, put a new name out there, and really get into a niche market um, looking at the dog diapers and, like I mentioned earlier, the indoor dog toilets and that sort of thing. We have a variety of uh, different ones on that particular site uh, with the – ServiceDogHouse.com, uh, some of the new interesting things that we have, uh, we've got a, a specially designed raincoat, which will accommodate a harness. Uh, there are all kinds of different raincoats that are on the market today for regular dogs as well as working dogs, but there's, there was nothing out there with people, especially for myself. I have a, a guide dog, and uh, using a guide dog harness, It's very difficult to to put a a raincoat on, so what we did was we came up with a design where the raincoat has a uh, removable slot, and you just zip it open through Velcro and uh, slide your harness through, and away you go.
1: That is so cool. Yeah, that's great. Well, we are going to take a quick break and we'll continue visiting with Wayne Tuttle. I've got a whole lot more questions that I want to ask Wayne. We want to talk about some of the latest acts that have come out and accessibility standards and other of the latest information on service dogs. So please come right back after these quick messages from our sponsors.
2: We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Greetings, human. What
0: planet am
2: I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts.
0: Excellent.
2: to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Aquariums and pond keeping are among the most popular of all hobbies in the United States and throughout the world. In fact, fish are probably the most numerous pet in people's homes and in their businesses. In Aquarium Mania, we'll learn more about the secret and not-so-secret life of fish and other inhabitants, the basics of good aquarium keeping, the complexities of the aquarium industry, and the science and art that surround this fascinating hobby. I'm your host, Roy Yanong, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. Aquarium Mania. Every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Talk Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLiferadio.com. We
1: Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And we're visiting today with our friend Wayne Tuttle and talking about all kinds of things that are specific to our favorite topic: service dogs and service animals. And I know, Wayne, there's been a lot of legislation that's been passed in both the United States and in Canada recently. So let's talk about that a little bit. First of all, let's talk about Al Franken, Senator Al Franken, and the Service Dog for Veterans Act. What do you know about that?
0: Well, we've been paying uh, pretty close attention to this and following what, what's been going on in the United States. And uh, my understanding is that the bill was actually passed just prior to Christmas. And um, it, it basically is a, a bill uh, is required by the Secretary of Veteran Affairs to carry out a uh, pilot program. Now, we, we're getting conflicting information. I've seen reports saying that the pilot program is one year, two year, and even up to three years. Uh, they're going to be looking at assessing the feasibility and the viability of using service dogs for the treatment or rehabilitation with the veterans um, who are facing physical or, or mental injuries. They've actually set aside, I believe, $5 million for this program. And uh, they real, the U.S. government, I know they they don't want to really supersede the great work that a lot of the nonprofit organizations are doing. Um, they just want to be able to enhance what's out there and have funds available for the veterans.
1: Yeah, I, I know. I've heard so many... Different things about it, and I think it's wonderful to have this opportunity for our veterans. I think it's awesome, but I think again, like you said, you know, we have to be cautious as in anything as a consumer because I've heard about some organizations that are all of a sudden claiming (laughs) that they can provide service dogs for veterans just to get this funding when in reality they may not be able to do that. So I think um, ADI and some other organizations are, you know, really wanting to make sure that these organizations, entities that are providing these dogs really can do that and provide the best dogs with, you know, the, the appropriate training that they need because they do have specific skills that they need in order to respond and, and help the veterans that they'll be placed with.
0: Absolutely, and one of the concerns that uh, I've been talking to a number of uh, veterans over the past few months, and one of the, the the biggest concerns that the government is talking about right now is that because it, it costs approximately $25,000 for each dog, service dog that is trained for a veteran, they're, they're worried that some of these organizations out there may start to increase their fees uh to incorporate possible uh, losses of, of uh, clientele coming in to, to utilize their service, like you mentioned, there's uh, a number of organizations or private individuals who claim that they can train dogs for PTSD or uh, traumatic brain injury and that sort of thing. But you know, again, it's they've got to be really cautious with what's going on with this. Um, It's interesting that uh, there was a survey that was conducted um, by a doctor, Melissa Cami, I believe. I I can't remember the pronunciation, but uh, they're saying that 82% of patients with PTSD who were assigned a a dog had decreased in symptoms and 40% decreased their medication over time. Um, I was just talking to uh, a veteran's wife uh, just earlier this week, and she had mentioned to me that uh, this pilot program has got one major flaw in it. And the flaw is that because it's a study, what they really want to do is after the pilot program is over, they're going to remove the dog from the veteran's home and reassess to see if they've had an increase in symptoms or if they've had to go back on medication. Uh, on a personal note, I really don't understand that.
1: Wow, wow, <laughs> uh, that's, yikes. You know
0: yourself how, how much this does for anyone with a service dog. You've bonded with, with the dog, whether it be one year, two year, or even three years,
1: and yes. I think
0: that they're going to remove the dog after the end of the program? I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. that that they, could be devastating. Petition,
0: yeah, she mentioned that there is a petition that has been started in Pennsylvania, um, so they are going to be lobbying the U.S. government to see if they can make some changes or modification in this bill because uh, this part of the bill, it's, it doesn't seem right.
1: Yeah. Well, I had heard that they were already trying to make some modifications exactly like you're talking about for different reasons. And yikes, that's really scary to me to think about, you know, as you said, bonding with that animal and then removing that and... Gosh, the, the results of that could be pretty scary. Yeah, so I, I hope that they'll move forward cautiously because it's traumatic for the individual and traumatic for the animal as well. So I hope that they'll be very mindful in how they proceed with that. Yikes. Well, tell us about this Accessibility Standards for Custom Service Regulations, the Ontario Regulation
0: interesting how it's worded. It's a regulation, it is not a law. (laughs) Uh, In Canada, just to refresh some of our listeners, uh, each province has their own law when it comes to service dogs. Uh, There are only actually two provinces in Canada that has uh, a service dog law. Uh, Some of the the other provinces have the uh, Guide Dog or Blind Persons Act uh, so I am protected under that legislation. Um, we've been lobbying the Ontario government uh, since 1990 uh, to adapt a, a new service dog law. It's not like we want to reinvent the the wheel. We want to establish the uh, Alberta and British Columbia law here in Ontario and just make some modifications. Uh, this actual uh, regulation that they've they've just put out Uh, was passed and put into play effective January 1st, 2010. And basically, uh, in brief, if a person with a disability is accompanied by a guide dog or other service animal, the provider who is offering goods and services shall ensure that the person is permitted to enter the premises with the animal to keep the animal with him or her unless the animal is otherwise excluded by law from the provinces. Um, that's in short basic um, principles surrounding customer service. Uh, so it's, it's really the uh, government's um, buildings that, that have to allow service dogs right now. Uh, the balance of the law will not be put into place till 2012. Uh, that's where all the private businesses and, and other facilities will have to adopt this law as well, or should I say regulation.
1: Hmm, that's interesting. How is access for you throughout Canada, Wayne? Is it difficult? Do businesses not allow you to bring in your guide dog? Uh,
0: we have a lot of problems here in Canada. There, there's not enough uh, publicity surrounding uh, service dogs in in, in the general public, um, the biggest problem is obviously education, getting the word out there that we do exist. There are more and more service dogs that are coming into the variety stores, the restaurants, the churches, and that sort of thing. And I think the government needs to take a stance and, and start educating people that we do exist out there and maybe one day we will be walking into your Uh, place of business. So you have to be aware that there are certain rules and regulations that they have to follow. So, uh, Unfortunately, we hear this all the time. It's one thing to be challenged. Uh, It's our duty as as service dog handlers to educate the uh, offender. Um, But it's another thing to be actually denied access. uh, And that we need to work on.
1: Well, I heard that the International Association of Assistance Dog Partners was going to have their 2010 conference in Toronto, Canada. Is that true, Wayne? Are they still planning to do that? Do you uh, know?
0: Assistance Dogs International is uh, having the conference. In, yeah, in Toronto uh, this coming June. Um, it's usually in in every uh, imaginable place around the world. Uh, they, they change the conference on a regular basis. Uh, this is the first time that I know of that it's been in Canada. Uh, we will be attending that conference. Uh, we're going to be setting up a booth and uh, showing um, the participants what we have to offer uh, for their organization that sort of thing. Uh, I also believe I'm going to be a guest speaker at the show. So.
1: Oh, great, great. Well, Whistle and I are hoping to be there as well, um, but I was just hoping that some information would be out about that. I, I checked their website, and I didn't see that, so hopefully we can share that information with our listeners soon about that conference because June will be here before we know it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, I know they haven't updated the website as yet, I've been talking, just prior to Christmas, I was uh, talking to some of the conference organizers, um, but they hope to be updating that probably in the next couple of weeks.
1: Oh, great. Good. Well, we'll have to make sure and get that information out. That's exciting. What are you going to be speaking on at the conference?
0: Um, basic uh, accessibility, uh, some of the challenges that we face <laughs> on a regular basis here in Canada, uh... doing a comparison between the et and some of the legislation that we have available uh, here in Canada,
1: oh, cool. That sounds great. Well, I hope we get to hear that That sounds really interesting and I think one of the another thing I wanted to ask you about is you know we had mentioned owner trained service dogs, and there are so many different types of dogs that are trained to assist individuals with all different types of disabilities and one of the the types of disabilities that I keep hearing a lot about is dogs that are trained to assist people with autism so Tell us, because you've worked with, with those types of dogs. Tell us about that, Wayne.
0: It is amazing how many organizations and private individuals are now getting into uh, that realm of, of service dogs. Um, in a 100 mile radius here in Ontario, there are four organizations now that are actually training dogs with, uh, for children with autism. It's, it's very prevalent in the United States now. Programs that have developed just for guide dogs, uh, they're also looking into adding autism dogs to their um, organization as well. Uh, the waiting list is unbelievable. In some cases, organizations are, are, have waiting lists in excess of three years, uh, some of them as low as 18 months, Um Because autism is on the rise right now, my understanding is one in 96 children are now faced with autism.
1: Right, right. Well, and so tell us, how do the dogs, how do they assist children with autism? What do they do to qualify as assistance dogs?
0: One of the uh, things that really makes a huge difference is the calming effect. Um it, it seems to to really calm the child down. They have less frequent meltdowns or uh, behavioral issues. Um, they prevent them from bolting. That's one of the the major concerns that families face um, with their child that they may get up at three o'clock in the morning and uh, try to escape the house and and take off. Well, that dog is is there to alert the family that, hey, there's something going on here. Uh, In some cases, there are tethering systems uh, that uh, they tether the child to the dog. Um, So if the child is out with the parent um, and the child decides that they want to run across the the busy street, uh, that dog will basically put the brakes on and uh, prevent the child from obviously getting hurt or even killed.
1: Wow. Well, I know, I just hear so much about assistance dogs for children with autism, and I know that that's, that's something that, as you said, the number of children that are being diagnosed with autism now and the different types of needs that they have and how a dog can assist them, I think, is just amazing, and I'm continually amazed at the way dogs continue to help so many different people that have so many various types of disabilities, and as you know, there's so many types of disabilities. People just think of, you know, the major ones of people with mobility or people with visual or, you know, there's different kinds of things that we think of, but there are thousands of disabilities and needs that people have, and that dogs can, can change their lives. Well, Wayne, I just can't believe we're out of time again. It's just always so great to visit with you. You have so many experiences and knowledge that we'd love for you to share with us. So we'd love for you to come back at a future show, you and Cosmo, especially before Cosmo is retired. But thank you so much for being with us today.
0: Well, my pleasure. We always enjoy coming out and having a chat.
1: Well thank you and and we urge people to visit your online stores which is um the com and servicedoghouse.com um Wayne is there a phone number where people can reach you also? Yes,
0: our uh, phone number here is 905-734-7034.
1: Great. Well, thank you so much to everyone for joining us today. Thanks to Wayne and Cosmo. And we hope you'll come back and visit us again at Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. We thank you so much for being with us. And we look forward to visiting with you again. Thanks so much.
2: Let's Talk Pets every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.